Ah, and we are live! Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash takesbyfans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart radio so however you want to watch or listen we've got you covered multiple ways Alrighty, today is a big old Tuesday. Happy 420 if y'all celebrate that out there legally. If you're in one of the uh, couple of states that uh, allows for the weed smoking to uh, to happen. <laughs> um, so um, remember to stay off the weed. Uh, classic Stephen A. Smith. I mean, I'm already having a good day, you know, watching all those edits on Twitter of that. I mean, what a great moment that he's definitely capitalized on and I don't think it ever gets old does that that does that ever get old I'm not tired of it but um yeah so uh nice little 420 today we got uh continuing on with our NFL draft prospect of the day looking at Shakur Brown cornerback from Michigan State there's a lot of like good defensive back depth in this kind of draft I think once, like when we talk about wide receivers and running backs, it's very kind of limited of who these kind of A1 tier one, like should be, should be anyway, A1 tier one kind of prospects coming into the league this year. Devontae Smith, Travis Etienne. Najee Harris, Jim, uh, Lamar Chase. I mean, those are going to be the top tier playmakers in this, in this draft. And then everything else is kind of, you know, bust potential we know Trevor Lawrence is going to be 100% good but really after that there's a lot of bust potential there's no way I'm telling y'all there is no way that Trey Lance Justin Fields and Zach Wilson are all are all going to pan out and be great quarterbacks in this league it's not gonna happen I can I can almost guarantee it I will go out on a limb and say that those three quarterbacks will all not succeed in this in this kind of draft class for quarterbacks so I really think this is kind of more of a defensive kind of good kind of draft class this year so we're looking at another cornerback today on the show breaking down the NBA from last night doing a moneymaker we had two of three last night the Cavs minus three really screwed us Jared, Jared Allen had a really lame game so unfortunate um, that we lost that but Warriors plus 10 and uh, 10 points folks I mean absolutely steal of a deal and we are able to get it so fantastic there we'll break all that down as well but let's just jump right into the stories of the day and we do have a, quite a bit to go through so let's start here because I know I haven't been saying it every single day and we kind of the Dolphins got a little cute with that trade back from three to six and now they're now that the draft is getting a lot closer we're only nine days out now the Dolphins are trying to get cute again but I am here to remind Brian Flores I will no longer be a Dolphins fan if we do not get Devontae Smith I don't care if you want to keep well I do care if you want to keep trading back I think it's a dumb choice I think it's a dumb decision I don't care that we're getting all these first round draft picks it doesn't matter because then you know two years from now when we go to use that first round draft pick we trade back and then have to wait another two years and we're still rebuilding and we're still not getting that playmaker that we need to get it done this year so that's why I don't want to keep trading back but the Dolphins have already made two moves in the NFL draft and they may not be done yet sources say and I swear to God if these sources are true I'm I, I gotta I gotta just murder Brian Flores it's unfortunate but I gave him his chance I gave I gave him the warning we told him right at the start or right at the end of the NFL season after the Super Bowl when we kind of, you know, kicked in the gear of our draft talk on the show, I told them straight up, hey, 
Hey, we better get to Devontae Smith. I did not want to trade out at number three. He traded it out at number three, went back to number six, and I still felt all right. I didn't love it. I liked it. I didn't love the trade back. Uh, but we still have a chance to go and get Devontae Smith. And, I mean, we just have to go and get a Heisman winner wide receiver and roll the dice with him. He's a proven talent on the field. And we just have to hope he kind of makes that jump from a great playmaker in college to a great playmaker in the NFL. But sources say that the Dolphins have received calls from teams looking up to trade to number six, and it is something that they are considering. A lot of things in play, but Miami could be at it again, and I so help me God. Brian Flores, please, please, please cash out. You've won. You won. Don't try to get don't try to be greedy and get more money, more picks, anything like that. Know when to walk away. Know when to actually use the first round draft pick that you have and not kind of keep going back and back and back and back because the last time I checked our offense was actually absolutely very very lackluster we cannot get it done we cannot throw the ball down the field because our wide receivers were inconsistently injured or we have five seven wide receivers that's not gonna get it done consistently in this league so here we go Brian Flores stop all the nonsense shut down all the rumors shut down all these sources you're not taking any calls at number six we're getting Devontae Smith folks that is it that is it. That is it. If I have to hack, I mean, come to our <laughs> come to our live kind of NFL draft show on draft night first round that Thursday. Uh, because I'm going to hack into the draft. I'm going to have to hack into the draft and uh, make the selection for us, for all the Dolphins fans out there, because I have a feeling it's not going to be what I want and what uh, the right decision is going to be. So... Oh, I'm so nervous for the draft, folks. Brian Flores, I love him, but uh, man, oh man, some of these decisions, I'm just not, not endorsing. And I definitely don't endorse moving back from number six. All righty, let's go to this story. New breaking story here. The Steelers signed head coach Mike Tomlin to a three-year contract extension through the 2024 season, and it's truly deserved. I mean, this man, if you actually look at what this man has done for the Steelers, I mean, it's actually really, really good. He's only had five seasons of 10 or of, or uh, he's only had five seasons of less than 10 win seasons totals. I mean, absolutely fantastic, folks. And then just in 2019, when Big Ben was injured, and they had the freaking backups of uh, Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges, the man's name was Duck, and he took that team to 8-8, eight eight, having two absolutely garbage quarterbacks and still led them to a 500 record, 8-8, eight eight, second in the AFC North, getting it done, being competitive decently with absolutely garbage quarterbacks. So, yes, this man truly deserves to still be a head coach. The only knock that we have on Mike Tomlin is, unfortunately, he's not having deep playoff runs. He did win the Super Bowl. Fantastic. They got to the, you know, um, did they get to the Super Bowl back in uh, 2010? What happened? Yeah, they lost the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's sorry. That was Aaron Rodgers' first win, or his only uh, Super Bowl win there. Uh, they lose 25-31 against the Packers. So, I mean, he's brought them to two Super Bowls, 1-1. Absolutely fantastic. Same thing with Pete Carroll. I mean, that's what Pete Carroll has done for the Seahawks. Led them to two Super Bowls, won them one. Uh, very, very close of winning a second. Same thing here against the Packers. I mean, down, I mean, they one score, you know, Super Bowl game there in 2010. So, he has the accolades, and he has the consistent winning seasons over and over again. But... But, but I mean that kind of deep playoff runs have really ever have really dried up ever since then. So 
ever since 2010, 2011. I mean, they go 12 and four and lose the wild card game. Not good. Not a deep playoff run. Then in 2012, what happened here? They finished eight and eight, not getting into the playoffs. That was one of his down years. Then we go to 2013, another 8-8 eight and eight season where they did not make the playoffs. Then we go to 2014, they finished 11-5, another wild card round loss. 2015, 10-6, they made it to the, to the divisional round. So, I mean, you know, that was pretty good. But then they lose to the Broncos, 16-23. I believe that, was that Peyton Manning's year? Was that Peyton Manning's uh, season in 2015 where they got to the Super Bowl? Let me quickly check this. Yeah, they won the Super Bowl against the Panthers. Fantastic. Um, so, I mean, he's losing against, you know, when he gets to those long playoff runs, he's losing against pretty good competition. So, you know, once again, another kind of silver lining of this man getting another contract extension. Then in 2016, they got to the conference championship, just unfortunately loses to the Patriots. And then the Patriots go on to win the Super Bowl. They lose against the Broncos. Broncos go to the Super Bowl and win it. They lose to the Patriots. The Patriots go to the Super Bowl and win it. Then they're back to 13-3, and losing the divisional round against the Jacksonville Jaguars and that was the year that they made it to the championship game against the Patriots unfortunately lost there so they're losing against some good competition out here um, still being competitive in these games and then in 2018 uh, couldn't get to the playoffs 2019 they couldn't get to the playoffs then just this season they were able to get to the playoffs with big bands you know lame arm but then they lose in the wild card round against the Browns so I mean he's definitely you know getting into the playoffs I mean that's step one of being a good head coach or just kind of successful in this league let's get to the playoffs let's see what we can do he's won the rings before he's gotten to multiple championship games he's been kind of you know deep in the playoffs you know mix here and there so definitely deserves a contract extension. Let's run it back with, you know, Big Ben's last year. Let's kind of see how he handles the transition because he's only really had Big Ben for his entire career. No, they won the uh, Super Bowl in uh, 2008 with Big Ben. 2007, Big Ben there? Yeah, Big Ben. I mean, Big Ben was there his entire career. So we'll have to kind of see how he handles that without Big Ben, but absolutely well-deserved. There's no other coach. Well, there are other coaches in this league that are kind of, you know, still above 500, you know, every single season, but there's not that many. That's why there's a lot of coach turnover. I mean, look at the Lions. I mean, I I'm sure the Lions would kill to have a Mike Tomlin-type head coach. I mean, a winning season every year. Oh, my goodness. That's like, uh, that's like the Super Bowl for those Lions over there. So definitely well-deserved here for Mike Tomlin. Absolutely fantastic, and I'll see what he can do kind of not this season well I do want to see what he does this season coaching wise but after Big Ben because we all know this is Big Ben's very very last season it's 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 cut and dry he's already taken the big pay cut they really didn't even want to bring him back but Big Ben's playing for free so might as well so we'll see what Mike Tomlin does. Expect them to probably get a quarterback in the draft this year to see if he pans out. Not obviously they don't trade up and try to get, you know, one of those top tier names, but maybe, you know, a, a solid kind of second tier quarterback in this year's draft. And we'll see if they can kind of develop him for him to kind of take over because we know it's not Duck Hodges. We know it's not the other man. I just are Mason Rudolph. We know it's not any of them. Um, so we'll see what it does, but truly deserved. Well done. And Mike Tomlin, I mean, Super Bowl winner in this league. Got to respect it. Alrighty, let's keep moving on. And this one, um, I don't really know what to make of this one. I think it's a little sad, but we'll see. We'll see here. So, 
We just uh, said on the show yesterday, Alex Smith has uh, retired from uh, the NFL. Uh, unfortunate, but truly fortunate, <laughs> you know, because, you know, he had that big old comeback story. So that was good. Uh, but Alex Smith visited with the Jaguars and was, quote, so excited about the opportunity to reunite with Urban Meyer before deciding to retire. Quote, I wanted to see what was out there and I'm happy I did. So before Alex Smith retired, he was kind of, you know, seeing what was out there, seeing if he could still go. But he ended up not getting it. And when we read this article, he's saying that teams wanted him. It, you know, it wasn't, you know, not, it wasn't, the problem wasn't teams didn't want him. It was just that he wanted to retire. But Alex Smith, not, if he was so excited to kind of pair up with Urban Meyer and that didn't transpire, that's not the greatest. I think that maybe kind of Alex Smith was kind of pushed into retirement a little bit. We saw him kind of wait. He waited it out, kind of waited until that kind of free agency period passed. And, you know, every team got a quarterback, but nobody was calling him. So I don't know if I should believe this story because he says right here, um, multiple teams wanted to sign Smith. Um, this is according to Tom Peloroso's report. I don't know, but Smith decided a couple of weeks ago to walk away from the sport in his terms. So maybe, but I don't know, man. If he was so excited to kind of, you know, possibly reunite with Urban Meyer, we know he's the new quarterback, the new head coach for the Jaguars. We know they're taking Trevor Lawrence, and we know they still have Gardner Minshew. So there really wasn't a spot on the roster. If they're going to go three quarterbacks deep, then there is a spot, but not every team does that so I don't know what really what to make of this story um I don't really think Alex Smith wanted to retire that much this year I think he wanted to kind of run it back a little bit he had decent success this season he went five and one that's pretty gosh darn good that was what Drew Locke did and then he floundered his second season but we'll see if we would have been able to see if Alex Smith would have kind of been able to turn it around this year uh, but this is what he says I wanted to do my due diligence even though I was leaning towards retirement Smith said I wanted to marinate in it a little bit. I wanted to see what was out there, and I'm really happy I did. So I don't really know, man. It's a sad story if uh, he still wanted to play, but Urban Meyer was like, yeah, I would love to have you, but there's just no room for you, and I'm so sorry. And Alex Smith was like, no, 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 I understand, I understand. I'm just going to retire anyway. I just wanted to see what was out there, really. Uh, so, you know, we've got Alex Smith saying that, you know, he was still leaning towards retirement, so I guess we'll have to take him at his word. But uh, if you're so excited about potentially still being in this league, but then, you know, that other side doesn't really reciprocate that same feeling, then you're really push, uh, pushed into retirement. So, uh, whatever the true, whatever the truth is for Alex Smith here, what in his, his decision to retire, not play, we'll never know the exact truth unless it gets you know leaked, and I don't think that's going to happen because <clears throat> uh, it would hurt Alex Smith, and Alex Smith is kind of you know big right now, um, you know from that comeback and everything. So, um, you know, hey, he went out in his own terms, so we'll respect that. Very well done to Alex Smith. Could not uh, find another suitor, unfortunately, this year. And he uh, decides to retire. So that's what we got in Alex Smith. Alrighty, let's keep moving on here. Tyron Matthew, love it. One of my favorite uh, defensive players in this league right now. Tyron Matthew says he has rewatched the Super Bowl, this Super Bowl, four to five times. And the Honey Badger says it hurts him more each time. So he's hungry. He's, you know, trying to exact his revenge and see what they did wrong so they can go back. I mean, Tyron Matthew wants to be a winner. We know this Chiefs team is absolutely still stacked. I mean, as long as you have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, I mean, you really have a really great chance of going to the Super Bowl every single season. So Tyron Matthew keeping that kind of internal flame lit coming 
coming into this season, so watch out for this kind of Chiefs defense. Now, we know the Chiefs offense was the one that really kind of struggled in the Super Bowl. I mean, they just could not do anything consistently offensively in that game. It did not look like anything Patrick Mahomes has ever done in his career. That's how kind of bad it was looking, uh, and we kind of had that other sub-story of Andy Reid's son almost killing children while driving drunk. Never really good. That really kind of played. I would have to say that played a huge part into this, so I know the uh, Chiefs are eager to get kind of back there to kind of have a fresh start in the Super Bowl. So Tyron Matthews keeping that uh, fire lit, and we know he's a true kind of leader defensively on the field. So watch out for the Chiefs defense coming up because uh, they are not over that Super Bowl loss against the Buccaneers. Alrighty, let's keep moving on. I mean, we got a lot of stories to go through, folks, so we're trying not to spend too much time on these. But um, let's go to this one right here. Jimmy Johnson was on The Herd last night, and uh, he had a pretty good quote here. And I think this is kind of gets a little overlooked a little bit. So here, this this is what Jimmy Johnson says on the draft here. Uh, the most important thing to me on – or the pro days, sorry. Uh, quote, the most important thing to me on pro days was getting to know these players personally. I didn't want to draft anyone with a high pick unless – I've been around them and you know that makes a ton of sense I mean what the pro day is I mean you know it's a quarterback throwing to a wide receiver I mean no no contact no defense just those two players out there so I mean these these coaches aren't flying in to kind of see if these guys can play I mean that's what you watch the film every single Saturday in college for that's when you really see if a player can play or not you just kind of want to meet them in person see what they're all about see how their attitude is see if they can kind of handle being the the face of a franchise because you're trusting this man you're putting millions of dollars into this man yes they're paying him you know 25 million dollars right off the rip if he's kind of a first round pick but you're also kind of putting your entire franchise on this man that's worth billions of dollars advertising marketing game revenues you know being on television getting to the Super Bowl selling the merchandise all of that so you want to kind of have a good head on your shoulders if you're going to be the face of the franchise here so another important point here when we're kind of you know when we've been talking about who's showing up to these pro days in persons we just saw Trey Lance the other day yesterday have his second pro day and you know Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers went again there so they're very highly interested in them I mean you're not going to flounder on your pro day. I mean, it's it's there's no defense. The only pressure is that there's, you know, actual teams that are thinking about drafting you, watching you in person. So, you know, these scout or these kind of head coaches and general managers that are flying out to these pro days, they're like, yeah, we don't care if you're throwing the ball great. We've seen you throw the ball great. That's why we're here in the first place. If we didn't think you could throw the ball great, we wouldn't be here. We want to see how you are. So if you're having a second pro day and the same coaches and same general managers are coming back for your second pro day, that's pretty good. That's like the second interview. Hey, we liked what we heard from you, but let's kind of, you know, let's see if it was an off day. Is this kind of your true personality? Is this kind of what you're showing us, you know, in that first day? Really you? Can we still really trust you? Are you a bullshitter? Are you the real deal? Let's kind of get a second gauge here in the second pro day. Um, you're not going to, like we said, you're not going to flounder in the pro day. I mean, that, that may be like 10% of why general managers and head coaches flow out, fly out for the pro days. Like if this man is going to kind of flounder under the pressure of us just kind of watching him and there's no defense on the field. Now that brings up a couple of red flags, kind of huge red flags. If you're floundering just by, by having people watch you, um, 
So definitely a kind of a great take here by Jimmy Johnson, who's kind of been through the pro days and all that. So the most important thing to him on pro days was just getting to know these players personally. And if you're having those kind of second visits, I would say that's pretty good. So watch out for potentially Trey Lance to go number three to the 49ers. They went to both of his pro days. So. All righty, and I absolutely love this. Yes, sir. Jameis Winston, a little video comes out of him, you know, at a quarterback camp with other quarterbacks teaching, you know, these young guns, these young rising superstars how to get it done. And we hear a little bit of a speech by um, Jameis Winston here. And that was kind of what we've been waiting for of Jameis Winston. We know this man can flat out play. You don't throw 30 touchdowns if you cannot play the quarterback position. He also threw 30 interceptions. I get it, folks. That was kind of the not great part. But he came, He went to the Saints as a backup. And we just wanted to see Jameis Winston get better at being a leader. We all know. I bring it up all the time when I can because it is truly the most funny thing I have. I think I will ever see in my entire life. I have to put up Jameis Winston eating a W speech as the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life, folks. So, um, you know, that whole infamous speech there, getting nobody motivated, getting nobody energized, looking like a clown, honestly, out there. I don't know what he was thinking. That wouldn't even get kind of a modified football team fired up to say, let's go eat a W and then go chew on your fingers. Uh, so we get Jameis Winston out here in a quarterback camp, you know, being a pretty good leader out here. He was pretty good. I mean, you, I, I, you know, you hear him out here, you know, speaking to these guys, you know, saying I was the number one overall pick, but then I kind of turned into a joke. But hey. Hey, I'm competing. I'm getting it done every single day. I'm trying to be live up to my greatness, committing to the dream, committing to the sport, really kind of, you know, inspiring me a little bit. You know, I've kind of, you know, felt some things. I didn't get goosebumps watching this video, but it was still a step up of let's eat a W speech. So I have to commend so much. I got to commend Jameis Winston so much on the speech. He learned from Drew Brees. That's really the only thing we wanted him to learn from Drew Brees. Yes, his talent is obviously great. Yes, learn as much as you can, but that was the biggest flaw in Jameis's game, not being a leader. Also throwing the interceptions. Got to cut those down, but Drew Brees has set the perfect example throwing three interceptions in the uh, in the playoffs against the Bucks this year, so... Jameis Winston learning from Drew Brees, absolutely fantastic here. He did get a little preachy at the end of this, not the greatest. I mean, saying, you know, you got to believe in yourself and God, and, you know, hey, if you want to do that, that's fine. I've got no problem with that. Just a little bit too preachy there, but, hey, I'm not going to knock the overall message here. It was great. He's really kind of finding his voice. I mean, when you're hearing it, you can kind of hear that he believes everything that he's saying right here. It's not like, you know, he's, you know, shy. He's like, hey, guys, you know, you know, I used to be the number one overall pick, and I was a clown, and, you know, not I'm really pretty good and I'm out here and you guys can be good too. You guys can be good too. Y'all want to be good? You guys can be good. I used to be like you, y'all, y'all can be good. Nah, he was, you know, out there. He's like, Hey, you know, go and chase that dream. You know, this is a kid's game that men play. And we just got to get back to that. We love this game, man. And I love this game. You got to work for it. And you, you know, we're going to have some tough days. That's going to come, but Hey, we're going to persevere. We're going to get through it. We're going to play. We're going to work hard, but I encourage every one of you right here, right now to have faith and believe in yourself above any coach, above any teammate, above any friend, have confidence in yourself. So Pretty good speech out here. Learned something from Drew Brees. So we'll see if that kind of translates onto the field. If he can go out and win that kind of quarterback competition against Taysom Hill here. Because if he can, you know, be the starting quarterback and have this leadership... Watch out for the Saints this year, folks. Because, uh, you know, Drew Brees, not the best throwing the ball last season. 
like I mentioned, the three interceptions in that playoff game just truly, uh, you can't be doing that. You just can't throw interceptions in playoff games. You just cannot do that. You will lose games unless you're Tom Brady, you get bailed out and... Ugh, you get bailed out. You get bailed out for some reason because you're Tom Brady. But um, nobody else is Tom Brady in this league, so nobody's getting bailed out by throwing three interceptions in a freaking AFC, NFC Championship game. Wild. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Definitely going to be interesting here. I know the draft is coming up, but we ha still have so much more storylines to go over than just draft picks and how those are going to help out this team. Who's going to win the Saints quarterback battle? Because if it's Jameis Winston, y'all better watch out because this man's a leader now. So anything is possible for the Saints. So absolutely fantastic. Well done, Jameis Winston. That's all we've wanted to see. We've been talking about this for like six months, folks. Just Jameis Winston learning leadership from Drew Brees. And we see it kind of come out yesterday on this nice little video. Alrighty, speaking of the draft, something could go down. Are the Packers looking to trade Jordan Love? What? Their first round pick last year's draft that did not do anything, obviously, because he's a quarterback and they still had Aaron Rodgers, and now they're looking to kind of move off of him. Once again, another reason why I would probably say this quarterback draft class isn't that great, honestly. Trevor Lawrence should be good. He should be good. We've seen him for four years. He was at the highest level there. He won everything that you can in college and now he's going to translate to the NFL I think pretty decently but other than that I truly don't I can't put my name I would not put my name on any other uh, person in, or any other quarterback in this draft These the only people that I am putting takes by fans name this show's name on is Trevor Lawrence, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne and Devontae Smith I'm not even putting my name on Jamar Chase because we haven't seen him last year, and I'm not ready to do that. So I'm only putting my name on really four great players out here, and I would uh, definitely, I, I would, and I double down, I triple down on Devontae Smith being the best wide receiver in this draft class. I've got no problem with that. So, let's see what the Packers are kind of up to here. We get a little bit of a leaked photo. Gotta love it. This is why t Twitter's great, folks. One image gets posted to the internet, and then everybody's just zooming on, zooming in on literally every single day detail, and then you get some nice, interesting stories. So, here we go. A little bit of a, uh, uh, it's just a sheet. It's a draft sheet of a, you know, what, you know, could, what the options are for kind of, you know, what this team is. So, I don't know if this came... Who did this come from originally? This sheet makes note to a possible trade with the Patriots. Uh, the details are... Okay, so I don't know who got this sheet. I don't know if this is on the Packers side or the Patriots side of this kind of trade. But um, we get a potential trade here. Kind of first round options right here. This is what the sheet says. Round one options. It kind of lays out all the options. And on the very last kind of line here, it's a trade to the Patriots. Trading quarterback Jordan Love and the 29th pick. So, Green Bay's 29th pick, Jordan Love, and a round four pick to the Patriots for the Patriots' uh, round one pick 13. So the 13th pick in this year's draft that the Patriots have. So this is a little interesting. We were kind of seeing the Patriots a little interested in Mac Jones a little bit. But if if uh, Bill Belichick doesn't think he's the guy and is actually kind of liking Jordan Love a little bit more, this trade could definitely happen. So a little interesting here. And maybe was this the long game? Was this the long game? Is is everybody in the Packers big brain IQ out here? Them kind of seeing, hey, uh, let's go back to, you know, going back last year.
this is what they were thinking. Hey, uh, 2020's draft class quarterback-wise is really not that good. Let's get Jordan Love because he's actually looking pretty good out here. I don't believe so, but this is what they're thinking. Um, you know, he's actually looking good out here, and he's better than anybody else besides Trevor Lawrence. And if you're not a number one overall pick, I mean, you're not going to get him. So let's get Jordan Love. Let's hold on to him for a year, develop him, and kind of, you know, release some story slowly out this year saying that he's looking real gosh darn good. Oh, my goodness. you got to believe this, man. We can't wait to kind of supplement and kind of change out Aaron Rodgers for Jordan Love. Oh, my God. He's so great. If only you guys could see what he's doing out here in these practice games. I would love to show you, but we can't. We're not gonna. We're not gonna show you what he's doing, but we're just letting y'all know he's really freaking great. And then you know, come you know, fast forward to this season, everyone's like, "Damn, y'all remember when the you know Green Bay Packers were saying that Jordan Love was actually really good? Do we take a chance on him? I'm not taking a chance on Mac Jones. What are you nuts? I mean, he had Devontae Smith. He has got Heisman winners on his team. One year, one year's good. Is that what y'all want to do, or y'all want to try and get Jordan Love? Who I mean, everybody's raving about him over there in Green Bay. So very interesting here, and that's why I cannot wait for this draft, folks. We don't know what's gonna happen. We only know the number one overall pick. We still don't know who the Jets are getting. We don't know who, in turn, the 49ers will get. They'll get the Jets' sloppy seconds, unfortunately, and then the Falcons at number four. What do they do? They want to trade back. They want to get quarterback depth. What do they do? And the Dolphins don't even get me started because they'll trade every single one of their picks this year, and I know they will, and I'm afraid of that. So we don't know what's going to happen in this draft. It's going to be a great one, and maybe watch out for the Patriots to pull the craziest move of all time in a draft, trading a trading your first-round draft pick for a previously selected quarterback that wasn't even playing last year that we don't know anything about when there's plenty of quarterbacks that probably won't pan out in this year's draft. So who knows, man? Who knows? But this is a possibility. Packers trading Jordan Love to the Patriots for their pick swap in an extra fourth-round pick. So we'll see what happens. Man, oh, man, I cannot wait till the 29th. Oof. Come and watch our draft show live, twitch.tv slash takesbyfans, a half hour before the draft officially starts. We'll get those times set when we know them, and uh, we'll be live there. So come join us with other fans and see if our teams are getting better and if they're getting worse. You can come. You can talk to me if your teams are getting worse. I'm sure if the Dolphins don't take Devontae Smith at number three, I'll be heartbroken and I'll be taking down the set and tearing everything down, so I'll get it. You guys can come pour your heart <laughs> at our live draft show if everything's not going good. We'll we'll make everything okay. We'll play, you know, previous highlights of your team being good. You know, we'll cheer you up. We'll cheer you up a little bit. Alrighty, so potential Jordan Love. I mean, could you imagine if Jordan Love, oh my goodness, I don't think he's going to pan out, but nobody else in this draft is either, uh, quarterback-wise. So, truly interesting, truly. But this is why you get proven quarterback talent, because here it is. Jalen Hurts lives for the grind, folks. Yes, sir. According to Eagles running back Boston Scott, uh, Jalen Hurts, he never leaves the building. That's how dedicated he is to the Eagles. He eats, he sleeps, he dies. He will die in that building. He will never leave <laughs> the Eagles building. So getting all that workout in, trying to kind of, you know, get to that second level, take that second step like Tua hopefully is also doing. Hopefully he's also living in the Miami Dolphins building. But, I mean, 
Jalen Hurts has a lot of pressure on him. They just got rid of Carson Wentz, who was the previous kind of face of the franchise. He knows they have to kind of start winning more now. He had a couple of passes last season, um, you know, losing games and not being clutch because he was a rookie. But hey, year two, this is where we have to see you start getting better or we're going to start kind of, you know, looking at the replacement, kind of like what, Car what happened to Carson Wentz. Hey, you got injured like two years in a row. That's not going to fly. We can't have that. We're going to bring in Nick Foles. We're going to win a ring off of that. And then we're going to just throw you to the curb and start looking for your replacement. So Jalen Hurts knows this. He saw it firsthand. We'll see how he does. But I, I would definitely still bet on Jalen Hurts getting it done. I loved what I saw from him on the field last year. He's getting it done this year offseason-wise. So we'll see if he's going to take that next step. So once again, another storyline to look into going into this year, uh, this NFL season. How are the kind of, you know, sophomore seasons going to pan out for all these, you know, great players? Joe Burrow coming from the injury. Justin Herbert just absolutely being one of the best rookie quarterbacks of all time. He was setting record after record after record, just looking absolutely unstoppable out there. Tua accuracy is absolutely fantastic. Uh, needs, uh, needs to kind of know when to throw the ball. And, uh, you know, maybe, you know, extra help wide receiver-wise. So, so many storylines to watch out for. I cannot wait. And Jalen Hurts is putting himself on the map here saying that, hey, I'm actually real gosh darn good out here. And he's ready to prove it to everybody next year. Alrighty, let's go to some basketball stories now. Here we go. LeBron James is, quote, believed to be weeks away from making his return to the NBA. We know that uh, Anthony Davis should be back any time now. He was said that uh, uh, the coach for the Lakers uh, said that Anthony Davis would probably not come back during these Jazz games. The, they just faced their the Jazz last night, lost, unfortunately for them. But, um, you know, so he should be back any, any game now. I, it wouldn't surprise me if he's back next game, Anthony Davis. But... LeBron James, you know, he, he doesn't need to come back in this regular season. This Lakers team is still decent without him. It's not great. It's not going to win a ring without him. Absolutely not. But uh, currently, let's see where they are in the West. I think they're still number five here in the West. Still five here in the West. Three games above six and two games out from four. Two and a half games out from that fourth seed. So, I mean, four or five play each other. Just kind of really depends on uh, home court at that point at the four or five seed. Uh, can't really catch the Clippers. They're kind of, you know, six games out from them. And, you know, they j are just going to keep winning. So, uh, you know, LeBron James, no real pressure, no real urgency to get back. Just really the only reason for him to get back would be to kind of build that chemistry back up with the squad going into the playoffs. But Lakers possibly won't see LeBron James for the rest of the regular season. Let him get ready for that playoffs and potentially depending on you know who their first round matchup is if it is against the Nuggets they're probably going to have to play LeBron James um, and you know that like I said the 4-5 matchup really don't see them moving if they move down to the 6 uh, they'll have to face the Clippers at 3 definitely need LeBron James there if they're able to get to the 3 for some reason they'll face the Blazers and they probably wouldn't need LeBron James for that series but uh, it is kind of you know coming to it that they are I mean this West is truly stacked top to bottom honestly um, so LeBron James is probably going to have to play playoff series number one, and that's probably what their main focus is. Let's get LeBron James healthy right for that first round of the playoffs. We don't care for this regular season anymore. We're honestly over it. We're probably we're pretty much locked in at the number five talent wise. So they're just focusing on getting everybody healthy, and let's make this another playoff run, and let's try to go back to back. So don't expect LeBron James on the floor in the regular season for the rest of the year. But then we got some good news, folks. It's all not, it's all not bad news right now because I'm when I saw this, oh, my goodness, I felt so good. I was like, ooh, yes, ooh, yeah. 
Uh, so here we go. Hornets say LaMelo Ball's wrist has healed, baby. Yes, sir. And he's been cleared to return to individual basketball activities. Yes, sir. LaMelo Ball is back. He's going to get right. Now, there's optimism that LaMelo Ball could return to the Hornets lineup in 7 to 10 days. Absolutely fantastic. R coming in at the right time. I mean, we're really down to the nitty-gritty here. Last probably, what, 14 games for all of these teams out here. Hornets are still in the playoff hunt. They're still number 8. They can fall all the way down to number 10, and they still have kind of a four-game lead between number 10 and number 8 here. So the backups have done a decent job. I mean, they were the number 5 seed at one point, but, I mean, when you lose kind of your top three players... You're going to you're gonna start to fall in the rankings a little bit. So they're still in playoff contention. They are still kind of in the playing tournament right now at that number eighth seed. Getting LaMelo back, um, you know, re-fortifying that kind of lineup a little bit more here. Let's see if Gordon Hayward comes back anytime soon. Same thing with Malik Monk. But, hey, if we get one back, that's really kind of all they need because they're still competitive. They're still kind of close in all their losses, even without their top three players out here. So love that LaMelo ball is kind of almost very back here, very, very close here very close to being back. 7 to 10 days. Looking real good. Absolutely fantastic. Now, can he recapture his Rookie of the Year title? That's where it's going to get a little dicey here. We had LaMelo Ball being the kind of, you know, Rookie of the Year up until he got injured. Then Anthony Edwards started to get it really more consistent out here. So, it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be too many games missed for LaMelo Ball to actually give him Rookie of the Year. But if he kind of comes back from this injury, um, you know, wins all their last games here, you know, still kind of averages what he was averaging before the injury... And if he gets to that sixth seed, if he can somehow fight a three-game kind of difference between this eighth seed and the sixth seed, I could potentially give him that kind of number, that rookie of the year coming back from the injury. Starting, or let's just go back even further to the start of the year. Starting off the bench, working his way up to that starting lineup, getting to that starting lineup, winning in that starting lineup, getting injured, coming back from that injury, propelling the Hornets back up into solid playoff contention. I would be all about that all day of getting LaMelo Ball kind of rookie of the year, but we need to see him kind of start winning games when he comes back and, you know, uh, kind of uh, pick up where he left off after the injury. So super glad that this man's coming back. Super glad that this man's healthy. Super glad that the Hornets are still kind of in playoff contention because, I mean, they truly deserve it. I mean, uh, the hardest working teams right here, just kind of, you know, not having, you know, overall great talent. It's got to be the Hornets and the Wizards. I really want to see them in the top 10 here for that playing tournament because I honestly think that just kind of their their hustle and grit really uh, deserve a chance at a playing tournament. And let's just see what happens when they get in there. Maybe they can make a little bit of a run. Maybe they can upset a number one or two seed. Uh, but they definitely deserve it of just how much grit that they've gone through not to have you know like the net stacked roster not having all the depth of like a um who's deep in this league the 76 the nets are still deep i mean you can say the nets with everything great talent deep everything like that so this hornets team doesn't have the talent or depth the wizards definitely don't have the talent or depth they have the talent with russell westbrook and bradley beal but i mean they don't have the depth after that i mean we're talking about davis burton's as their third best player on that team not good uh so definitely want to see this pacers or the not the pacers I absolutely hate the pacers want to see this hornets and wizards team in the top 10 here Lamelo ball getting back absolutely fantastic love it 
Alrighty, and we talked about this one, and it has officially happened. I absolutely love it here. The Nuggets have signed veteran guard Austin Rivers to a 10-day contract. Absolutely fantastic. They were talking about it ever since Jamal Murray went down. Now, Monte Morris has truly stepped up for this Nuggets team. I mean, they won the last three games that uh, they didn't have Jamal Murray in, so that's huge there, but now they're not deep now because Monte Morris has to come off the bench and go to the starting lineup, so we'll see if Austin Rivers gets into the starting lineup. I don't think he does. It's only a 10-day contract, so once again, still have to kind of prove himself on this team, but uh, coming off the bench, providing that depth, if he can give us, you know, 10 to 15 points a game off the bench, that would be absolutely clutch, and I think they would sign him to a long-term deal to gear up for this playoff run, but um, yeah, getting another guard, getting the depth here. The Nuggets may not seem like they need it because they're winning without Jamal Murray, but trust me, when they get to the playoffs, you know, second round of the playoffs where everybody's still freaking tired and they're having to face, you know, a tough opponent, like I said, I mean, they may have to face, this Nuggets team may have to face the Lakers in the first round, 4-5 matchup, Nuggets, Lakers, Nuggets at home, so they're definitely going to need Austin Rivers out there for the depth, fantastic pickup, and let's see if he can kind of play still, because he hasn't been playing for the Knicks in a long-ass time, folks, so let's see if he can kind of, you know, shake off the dust a little bit, get that good, because he's only got 10 days, so we'll see what happens, but absolutely fantastic pickup. <clears throat> Alrighty, not a good story here now. Miles Turner is out indefinitely with a toe injury. He was out missing a lot of games. We saw Sabonis slide over to the five. Didn't help him out at all. They were still losing games uh, there. Uh, then he comes back for one game, and now he's injured and out for the rest of the season. So not great here. Great defensive big here in Miles Turner. Basically, they're, well, meh, second best player, third best player on the floor, probably third best player. Um, maybe even fourth now since Levert's there. But either way, I mean, they weren't winning with or without Miles Turner consistently. So it honestly doesn't matter. Um, and I truly hope they don't get into that playoff tournament now. I mean, they are currently the number ninth seed in the East here. Uh, so hopefully this kind of playoff spot goes to somebody a little bit more deserving, like the Wizards, possibly the Bulls. Um, so. Miles Turner is out for the Pacers. Um, doesn't affect us because we don't like the Pacers. We don't root for the Pacers. We barely talk about the Pacers, and we never bet the Pacers. So him being out is not changing our opinion either way. We didn't really like the Pacers with Miles Turner, so definitely not going to like him without him. So uh, Miles Turner out for basically the rest of the season. I would not imagine this man plays again this year. All right, and let's start talking about what is happening in the NBA. We've got some wild stuff going on of just kind of point guards going absolutely manic, manic. And here we go. So let's start with this one. Russell Westbrook is the first player in NBA history with multiple triple doubles against all 30 franchises. He finished last night with 13 points, 17 assists, and 11 rebounds versus the Thunder. His former team really kind of completing the full circle first full circle of beating all 30 franchises with triple doubles in all those games. So fantastic work by Russell Westbrook. This is kind of why we want to see the, uh, the Wizards in the playing tournament because I want to see what Russell Westbrook can do man we know he's so freaking great and him and Bradley Beal have really just been single-handedly carrying this Wizards team like we said it's just absolutely trash the biggest trash the supporting cast is trash I mean Rui Hachimura Davis Burton's can't stay healthy Alex Len at the five I mean what the hell is that folks so, we'll love to see the Wizards in here. Russell Westbrook, we know he's a dog on the floor. It doesn't translate to wins. That's the biggest knock. But, hey, after that kind of trade deadline, they've really been getting it done. What are they in their last 10? Like 7-3? and three? 
Seven and three, five game winning streak for this Wizards team. Absolutely magnificent. So want to see them kind of uh, ride out this train at the end of the season here. Get into the play-in tournament. Let's see if Russell Westbrook can just go absolutely manic again and continue on what he's been doing this season. Possibly, I mean, I don't think they upset anybody. I mean, let's just say for the sake of argument, they get in at that kind of number eight seed and has to face the 76ers. I don't think they win that series, but just to see Russell Westbrook in the playoffs, the potential potentially upset a number one seed I would buy a ticket to that I'll, I'll be glued to the screen watching those games because we know he has the potential to do so so uh, just you know we see Steph Curry or not Steph Curry we're getting to him next a little bit of a spoiler a spoiler alert but Russell Westbrook is going manic with still these triple doubles and winning games now because of it so fantastic there that we just see Chris Paul has passed Magic Johnson for fifth on the NBA's all-time assist list yes sir points God CP3 yes sir get it done my favorite probably player uh, to watch and root for um, older school. Now that Curry's here, I I can't I can't lie. I mean that man's just absolutely fantastic. I mean whenever Steph Curry's on, I am glued to the screen. That's how great that man is, and we'll get to him in a second. But Chris Paul moving to number five here in the all-time assist list. Him getting it done. I mean we saw him just absolutely get it done with the Thunder last year, get into the playoffs, and now they're I mean they're knocking on the door of that number one seed in the West, man, and they want playoff um, home court advantage throughout the entire kind of you know postseason here in the NBA. So we get Russell Westbrook with the triple doubles. We get Chris Paul with the assist, dishing, diamond, getting it done. They just won last night. Absolutely fantastic there um, against, uh, who was it, the Bucks. <clears throat> So great win there by him. Uh, so he's, you know, still getting up there in the accolades. Ab absolutely still have to respect what Chris Paul is doing here in his older age. What, how old is he? I want to say like 36. Um, let's double check on that really quickly. Chris Paul, what do we got for this man? I'm saying 36. Um, they don't tell me his age. They tell me his birth date, 1985. Damn, y'all. Oh, age 35 right there. Okay. Uh, 35 and 349 days. So basically 36. I mean, this man's about to celebrate a birthday in two weeks. So 36 year old Chris Paul, absolutely still getting it done. Absolutely fantastic. And he's still leading teams to wins and high level wins being one of the best teams in this league overall. Fantastic. And then we got to talk about Steph if we're talking about great point guards here. The three pointers that have been made in the last week. Number one is Steph Curry with 36 three pointers made in the last week. Number two is the entire Cleveland Cavaliers roster at 35 made threes. That's Darius Garland. That's Colin Sexton. That's possibly Kevin Love and Jared Allen if they're taking those shots. But that's an entire team. An entire team has 35. Then number three is the entire Denver Nuggets. That's Jokic's threes. That's Michael Porter Jr.'s threes. That's Jamal Murray's threes because I think he was still playing in this last week before he got injured. They're at number three with 34 threes. Number four is the entire entire Washington Wizards team at 29. That's Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. Davis Burns, Rui Hachimura hitting all 29 threes in a week. Steph Curry's got 36 himself. Then number five, you've guessed it, is the entire Detroit Pistons team. I don't even know who's on that team anymore besides Jeremy Grant and he's been injured. So they're getting it done on that team. And then the sixth most Three-pointers made in the last week is the Pelicans. The entire Pelicans team at 25-3. So Steph Curry is going manic. He's out shooting teams by himself, folks. Come on. Y'all got to recognize this man as just the extreme talent that he is.
He has to go down as the greatest shooter of all time. He is still getting it done. This is not a one or two season fluke. This is the mother loving player right here, folks. You have to respect it a ton. And now that just kind of leads into this. Is he the MVP? Before we get into that, I forgot we had this one up. Last 10 games, Steph Curry has made 70 in 10 games. 70 three-pointers. He has the most in a 10-game stretch in NBA history. We've just heard the stat of most 10.3-pointer games, 10 three-point made games. He's got like 15, and then number two in NBA history is Klay Thompson with five. And Steph Curry had like five or just four in this kind of this season, four, ten, or more three-pointer games made. So just absolutely manic of a shooter. And now that begs the question, question is he the MVP? I mean, we see what he's shooting over these last five games, 53%, or 53 points on 55% from three. 42 points on 68% from three. Wild. I mean, folks, that's wild. That's so wild. Uh, 33 points on 48% from uh, three. Uh, 47 points on 57% from three, 49 points on 58% from three. I mean, just absolutely manic. And we've told y'all that yes, Steph Curry can be MVP, but, but they have to finish at least six, at least six in the West. We have to see that his performance is leading to wins. It wasn't leading to wins in that kind of first half of the season. Steph Curry wasn't doing as good as he's been doing. He was still good. I mean, he was still the best team on the roster, but he wasn't kind kind of winning games because of his performance. He's really picked up the slack ever since really kind of that trade deadline. Uh, he's been winning games consistently. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10. They are currently number 9 here in the West, and they still have the ability to move up to number 3. I mean, this is not something out of the realm. I mean, they're only, what do we got, 4 games back from that 6th seed, and we know the Blazers are streaking losing, and we know the Warriors are streaking winning. So, I mean, Steph Curry still could be MVP this year. The season is not over yet. Yes, Jokic is doing great and now, you know, Jokic's case for MVP gets a little bit more clear here because Jamal Murray goes down, so, I mean, he's going to pick up the slack. We just saw him do it last night, hitting kind of the game winner in double overtime, so fantastic there, but Steph Curry still does have a path here for the MVP. Gotta finish at least six. We need to see all these stats translating to wins because if you're not winning, I truly don't care. Then it's just nonsense. It's just buck. It's buck at that point. So, if he wins, like he's been doing if he gets into that kind of number six we want to we say number six because you know seven eight nine ten is like playing tournament now so I mean number six you're secure in the playoffs hundred percent there's no way you cannot be in the playoffs if you are number six if you're number seven number eight you could lose two games and be knocked out of the playoffs even though you sh you know should have those seven and eight seeds so that's why we're kind of putting the mark at number six here that would be kind of a good benchmark for just kind of how lackluster this Warriors team is I mean the second best player is like uh, Draymond Green, uh, because he's been there, he's been with the dynasty. Third best players like Andrew Wiggins, who's actually been stepping it up here. Kelly Oubre Jr. should have been realistically, you know, the second best person on this team, but he hasn't really been doing anything great. We've seen them win games without Kelly Oubre Jr. pretty much on a consistent basis, so we know that Kelly Oubre Jr. really isn't doing anything too much, so it's really just Steph out here, and if you can get to that number six seed, I would have no problem giving that man MVP. Um, just this absolutely manic shooting stretch that he's on. Let's see how much he can keep it up for. Um, and we took, uh, I mean, the worst were getting 10 plus 10 points last night, and we took that up. We thought that was great value. They went outright. We didn't even need all those 10 points. Um, so, I mean, 
uh, you got to give it up for him. I mean, they just beat the 76ers, another kind of MVP performance game. So fantastic to Steph Curry here. All right, let's move on. Here we go. The youngest players in NBA history to reach 9,000 career points, folks. We're going to have to start talking about this man as the real deal. So, youngest players in NBA history to reach 9,000 career points. LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Carmelo Anthony, Kobe Bryant. And then the newly added player on this on this list is Devin Booker from the Suns. Absolutely fantastic here. So I mean, can, are we in you know five years from now are we going to be talking about Devin Booker like we talk about LeBron James, Kevin Durant? I mean, what elite company that this is? I mean, Carmelo Anthony's probably unfortunately the the worst of this bunch of Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant just because of the lack of accolades that he has. Doesn't have the ring, unfortunately. Has the money, absolutely. Has the you know stats. Yes, absolutely. Nobody's doubting that. But so we'll kind of see is Devin Booker going to go the kind of the Carmelo Anthony route or is it going to go the LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Kobe Bryant route, which is winning championships at a high level consistently. So we'll see what happens here. But Devin Booker, man, man, oh, man, gets a little underlooked, overlooked a little bit. He went manic in the bubble. That really kind of, you know, um, elevated his status to, you know, hey, I'm here, y'all. Y'all better pay attention to me. And then he's just keep, he kept it going this season. He's the primary scorer for the Suns team. A huge reason. I mean, you have to probably say he's the number one reason why this Suns team is number two in the West. Uh, the, the, the second option is, you know, Chris Paul because somebody's feeding him all these kind of, you know, nice easy assists at that kind of shooting guard position, allowing him to get all those points because Chris Paul's facilitating the floor but at the end of the day you have to make those shots you have to knock down those shots and as we see 9,000 career points already for Devin Booker yes sir get it done young fella I'm all about this Suns team going and making that run for the NBA title this season I would absolutely love it if Chris Paul got a ring Devin Booker starts his kind of you know championship career early on and let's see what he can do for the rest of his season but or the rest of his career but uh, yeah, an absolutely fantastic company here, Devin Booker with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Carmelo Anthony, Kobe Bryant. I mean, would you want to be kind of mentioned in the same breath as LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Carmelo Anthony, Kobe Bryant? Because I would. I would. Unfortunately, I can't play basketball as well as them, so I probably never will. But uh, Devin Booker can, and he is. So fantastic to that man. Let's see what this man can do if he can kind of, you know, not flounder on the pressure of the playoffs. I don't think he will because we saw in the bubble, I mean, it was a must-win game for them to even try to get into the playoffs in the bubble. They didn't, but they won all eight games. No real pressure. Got to Devin Booker. He was hitting clutch shots after clutch shots after big shots, winning games by himself. I mean, it was all fantastic. So now, he's got a great supporting cast around him. They've got a great team in general. And we have to respect Devin Booker for kind of, you know, putting the Suns on the map, man. He was all by his lonesome last year. He still got it done. Just missed the playoffs. They bring in Chris Paul, who brought the Thunder to the playoffs. And now he's kind of helping them elevate their play even more. So, Devin Booker, man, got to respect his game. Alrighty, not only is he scoring all the points, he's getting it done in the clutch, folks. Gotta respect it. So here we go. Dagger over the Bucks last night. Step back, jumper, cash money ties up the game with 25 seconds left. And then, unfortunately, if you're a Bucks fan, a bad call. Uh, Devin Booker kind of got fouled and not really kind of a lame whistle here at the end of overtime. Um, once again, the refs kind of, you know, blowing the games here. I mean, we've seen time and time and time 
and time and time again of these refs just calling ticky tacky calls like like one second left last shot up like 0.3 seconds left right here as we're seeing and it's just kind of ruining the game honestly I mean winning the game at the free throw line is a little lame and really kind of has no place in this game honestly I hate I hate it swallow the whistle unless it's egregious like you literally like body slam somebody that's the only way I'm blowing the whistle there at the end of the game so they do blow the whistle but hey I mean that's how the game plays out Devin Booker goes to the line he hit the he hit the shot in regulation to tie it up he hits the uh, game-winning free throws at the line to win the game. So, hey, game-winning shots by Devin Booker. Clutch and good. Got to give him the even more respect. So, very well done there. But he was not the only clutch player last night. As we said, Jokic gets it done for the Denver Nuggets against the Grizzlies in double overtime. The big old 3 with 41 seconds left. That really ices the game. The Grizzlies can't keep up. I mean, I mean, and it, this game is just absolutely crazy. I mean, what a great day of NBA. High-profile teams going at each other and just great outcomes I mean Nuggets Grizzlies uh Mavericks or Bucks Suns and then Warriors uh 76ers I mean just absolutely all great um all great games I cannot wait to the freaking postseason right now because if if the postseason is anything like we saw last night in the NBA we're in for a freaking treat folks honestly so, absolute clutchness all around. Jokic gets it done in double overtime. Devin Booker gets it done in regulation in overtime. And then what's this last one? Okay, that's not overtime or anything like that. So, just absolutely magnificent performances out here. Jokic gets it done. Look at this, man. MVP caliber uh, performance right here. I mean, that's why it's tough to give it to Steph Curry right now because Jokic is winning. And, yes, he has a better overall team, but we still have to see the Warriors uh, win a little bit more here. So, obviously, Jokic, another kind of MVP case, will kind of add, uh, add his uh, total um, at the end of the – or when we talk about the game. Um, in, his, in the MVP kind of categories where we're kind of keeping a point total here of good performances on a number on a negative five to positive five scale every time they're out on the floor. So uh, we'll see what Jokic can do um, and how many points he gets from last night. All right, and then the last story to talk about, a little bit of an interesting one, but um, Vanessa Bryant, you know, Kobe Bryant's wife, RIP Kobe, uh, Vanessa Bryant's statement on the end of Kobe's Nike deal. So that deal just kind of ended on the 13th of this month, um, April 13th, and uh, Vanessa Bryant says, hey, we've gotten, we're not resigning the deal with Nike. We're not doing Nike anymore. So a little interesting here. We're going to read this quote, but, um, le well, let's read the quote first, and then we'll talk about it. So here we go. Two quotes by Vanessa Bryant here on uh Kobe's legacy and stuff like that so quote my hope will always be to allow Kobe's fans to get and wear his products I will continue to fight for that and then another one right here. Kobe's Nike contract expired on 4-13-21. Kobe and Nike have made some of the most beautiful basketball shoes of all time, worn and adored by fans and athletes in all sports across the globe. It seems fitting that more NBA players wear my husband's product than any other signature shoe. My hope will always be to allow Kobe's fans to get and wear his products. I will continue to fight for that. Kobe's products sell out in seconds. That says everything. I was hoping to forge a lifelong partnership with Nike that reflects my, hub, my husband's legacy. We will always do everything we can to honor Kobe and Gigi's legacy. That will never change. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see what Vanessa Bryant does. Does she go with kind of another brand? Does she just do Kobe's own shoe? Because uh, we're going to get a kind of a little, you know, conspiratorical little, I don't even, conspiratorial? Conspiratorial. 
that doesn't sound right, but we're going to get a little conspiracy a little bit here because, you know, at the time of Kobe Bryant's death, truly untimely, and we're not trying to disrespect anybody out here, but there was kind of rumors that Kobe Bryant was going to not extend the deal with Nike because even Kobe, he knew, you know, the deal was expiring this year. So Kobe, you know, there was some rumors going around. I can't confirm or deny. This is kind of why we're saying it's a little bit of a conspiracy out there. But uh, there was some rumors going around that Kobe was ending his deal with Nike because he wanted to create his own kind of, you know, shoe production company. And he wanted to start signing other athletes to Kobe's own brand. He wanted Kobe wanted to start his own brand. So if you're going to go that route thinking that maybe Nike caught wind of this and didn't want to lose Kobe. So they potentially, possibly, maybe, probably not as well murder him in a helicopter accident. I don't know how you you go about that but that is a conspiracy out there that that happened because Nike got wind of Kobe going wanting to kind of go off and do his own thing so a little interesting here that Vanessa Bryant is not um, you know re-signing with Nike I mean if you're Kobe Bryant's wife and you know maybe she did know all the finances maybe she did know the ins and out of the business um so maybe she knows this. Maybe Kobe Bryant talked to Vanessa about this. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't even know if any of this is true that I'm saying. I don't know. I'm um, just telling y'all what I have heard and what all the information that I have gathered. And that's why I'm saying it here. But uh, yeah, definitely interesting that uh, Vanessa Bryant is not continuing on this Nike deal. I mean, Kobe's legacy and Nike. I mean, Kobe and Nike. I mean, they go together. I mean, that's that was Kobe the his entire career. The Nike shoes, they're Kobe's with Nike. So we'll see what happens here. Does Vanessa Bryant maybe honor the rumors that her husband wanted to start his own kind of shoe brand and maybe she's going to do that legacy for Kobe so anyway either way Nike is losing a hell of a lot of money here on Kobe's products and I know they're not happy with it we'll see kind of what they do kind of, do kind of kind of fill that void of revenue coming in but uh, Vanessa Bryant, I give her a ton of respect for not signing, you know, a deal with Nike. We, you know, we know we've seen the scalpers of Nike, you know, the son of like the 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 president of Nike, like buying all the shoes and then reselling it and kind of making him out, making himself out to be kind of this self-made mogul that he's getting all the product from his own mother and reselling them. I mean, just that alone. I mean, the corruption in the industry and all of that. So I give a ton of credit to Vanessa Bryant here not resigning that contract but um when you play with people's money that's all i'm gonna put out there so that's where we're gonna leave leave this you cannot play with people's money so we'll see if there's any ramifications about this but um y'all know money man money rules everything cash rules everything around me cook cream i mean come on folks i mean there's songs about it it's true it's true man uh so respect to vanessa bryant we'll see if it, it, no, i'm not even but, Respect to Vanessa Bryant. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> Alrighty. Those are all the stories that we needed to go over. An hour on just the stories today. I told y'all we had a kind of a lot of stories to go over. Great runs. Good ones. All these were good. I enjoyed talking about all these. That's why I talked about them on the show. Um, but yeah, that's where we're at today in the world of sports. So let's head over to the NBA. We'll go over this very, very quickly. Because I do want to uh, fit in Shakur Brown. Shakur? Shakur? S. 
S-H-A-K-U-R, Shakur. I'm calling him Shakur. Uh, Shakur Brown, cornerback from Michigan State. So let's go through the NBA very quickly from last night. So let's start here, and then we'll do our moneymaker. Try to squeeze that in as well. So here we go. First game up, Cavs-Pistons. Cavs letting us down. The only game that we did not get right in our moneymaker last night, Cavs minus three. They lose by four against the Pistons. I mean, Pistons without Jeremy Grant. What is going on? Why did they win without Jeremy Grant? I don't get it. Uh, but no Jeremy Grant in the lineup, and everybody did pretty uh, – actually, everybody did good on this Pistons team. I'm all about it. 10-plus points by everybody in the starting lineup, and they got some good production coming off the bench. So let's just go through these quickly. Killian Hayes, 12 points, 9 assists, fantastic in the starting kind of point guard position. Josh Jackson, he has a nice clutch shot in this game to kind of help them propel themselves to the win over the Cavs here. He put up 16 points, 4 assists, 5 rebounds. Isaiah Stewart at the 5 had a great night, 18 points, 16 rebounds, a lot better than Jared Allen, which we will get to. Tyler Cook filling in for Jeremy Grant at the four, 12 points, two assists, three rebounds. And then Sadiq Bey led the team in scoring with 20 points, five rebounds on six of 11 from three. So Sadiq Bey steps up his game a little bit. And then Frank Jackson off the bench, 20 points, four rebounds off the bench. Fantastic. So able to get it done there for the Pistons. Now let's go to the Cavs. We know we can count on Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. Colin Sexton, 28 points, seven rebounds, four assists. Fantastic. He shot 60%. Darius Garland, 23 points, six assists, one rebound. He shot two of eight, not the greatest uh, from three, and uh, 47% overall, but we'll take those points. This is where it gets a little uh, unfortunate for this Cavs team. Jared Allen, his worst game probably of the season. Five points, five rebounds. He was a minus 10 on the floor, and we saw what his kind of counterpart did on the Pistons, Isaiah Stewart. 18 points, 16 rebounds, so getting a little outbeat there, and that was kind of really their downfall because Kevin Love still put up 15 points, four assists, eight rebounds, which is good, and Isaiah uh, Akuru. Uh, to round out the starters here for the Cavs, six points on 22% shooting, but uh, close loss here. They did get decent production off the bench by Teron Prince putting up 11 points off the bench and Isaiah Hartenstein with 13 points, four assists, six rebounds in only 19 minutes. So just unfortunately, Jared Allen couldn't get it done. Hate to see it. Truly hate to see it. So Cavs end up losing against the Pistons 105-109. Alrighty, and then the Bulls, another win, another win without Zach Levine, what is going on, Vucevic cannot play with another superstar, it does not translate the wins, and that's a little concerning, that was our one concern when we saw Vucevic come to the Bulls, we wanted it to work out, we thought it would work out, but we saw what happened with him and Aaron Gordon on the Magic, never really winning when they're on the floor together, and now we kind of saw him and Zach Levine, Vucevic and Zach Levine start to flounder a little bit, but the last two games, Zach Levine's been out, the Bulls have won it, so Bulls face the Celtics last night. They get the win. 102-96. Fantastic for the Bulls. I want to see this Bulls team kind of in the uh, playing tournament. Um, so let's start here with the Bulls. Vucevic, 29 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 1 block, 3 of 6 from 3, 56% overall. Hit a nice kind of uh, fadeaway jumper to kind of really ice the game late in the fourth quarter. So fantastic to Vucevic. Um, Kobe White is back in this kind of starting uh, lineup because of no Zach Levine. So Kobe White, 19 points, 7 assists, 3 rebounds. Pretty decent game by him. I mean, he shot 35%, 3 of 8 from 3. Not the worst. Garrett Temple in the starting lineup at the 2. 13 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds. Daniel Tice still at the 4. Not Thaddeus Young. So Daniel Tice, 6 points, 4 assists, 6 rebounds. Daniel Tice, first game against the Celtics. Not bad. I mean, I do like Daniel Tice in the starting lineup over Thaddeus Young here. 
And then Patrick Williams to round out the starters, six points, three assists, six rebounds. So not a real great scoring night over, overall, uh, but just enough to get it done. Vucevic gets it done. And then, you know, Thaddeus Young off the bench getting it done. I mean, Thaddeus Young plays better off the bench than in the starters. And Daniel Tyson's production from the starter, from the starting role in the bench, there's really no difference there. So this is the absolute perfect kind of, you know, rotation here. So, I mean, this is what we've been calling for. We don't really like Thaddeus Young in the starting lineup. That's why we like him off the bench and in the six man of the year category. So Thaddeus Young last night, 13 points, two steals, three assists, two rebounds on 50% shooting, six of 12 from the field in only 16 minutes. So Thaddeus Young getting it done. Absolutely fantastic there. Bulls get the win. Let's talk about the Celtics now. They didn't have Evan Fournier, and they didn't have Kemba Walker, and Jason Tatum only had 14 points. So all of that is recipe for a loss, and that's exactly what happened. So this was the starting lineup of the Celtics. Peyton Pritchard at the one, Jalen Brown at the two, Jason Tatum at the three, Semi Ulige at the four, and Tristan Thompson at the five. And then nobody good off the bench. I mean, truly not great out there. So uh, no wonder why the Celtics team lost. Jason Tatum only putting up 14 points on 17% shooting. Not the greatest, but he did did have 10 assists and 13 rebounds so fantastic there but that points we need the points we need Jason Tatum to score the points that's why they've been on this kind of big win streak without Evan Fournier I mean Jason Tatum's going for like 30 40 points every single freaking game so a little bit of a lackluster night by Jason Tatum and they end up losing the game no I mean I mean that's pretty much self-explanatory right there but let's talk about everybody else here. Peyton Pritchard at the one. Uh, 14 points, three assists on 62% shooting. He shot two of three from three. Fantastic. Uh, so not bad by Peyton Pritchard to kind of get it done, stepping up. I'll take that 14 points. Maybe a little bit more assists in 31 minutes than three. But overall, we got the 14 points on efficient shooting. So not terrible overall. Jalen Brown, 23 points, four rebounds. He shot well as well, 66% from the field, three of four from three. Fantastic. Uh, Tristan Thompson at the five, 11 points, five rebounds. Samuel Leger at the four, eight points, three rebounds, and then nothing great off the bench. So a little unfortunate loss here by the Celtics. We'll see if they can rebound, and let's see what happens with Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier get back, and let's see if the Bulls can continue winning without Zach Levine. How crazy is that? Alrighty, moving on to the Warriors and the 76ers. We took the Warriors plus 10 last night, and they win by 11. Yes, sir, we know that's good value. You can always count on this Warriors team. They always step up um, against whoever they're facing. If they're facing a great team, they rise to that occasion. But unfortunately, when they face bad teams, they also kind of sink to that kind of bad team as well. But the 76ers are a good team. We thought the Warriors would be competitive. They were competitive. We took them plus 10. They win the game. Fantastic. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, Steph Curry bought us dinner last night. Fantastic. So let's start here with the Warriors. Once again, uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. did play, but he came off the bench. Now that's what we're talking about. Get this man off the bench. That's what I like to see. Steph Curry, I mean, I'm loving that all these coaches are kind of doing different rotations here to kind of really make everything work. We see Kelly, we see Steph Curry not winning with Kelly Oubre Jr. in the starting lineup. So what do we do when he comes back? Bring him off the, uh, bring him off the bench. That's what we're talking about. So Steve Kerr's learning. Uh, the head coach for the Bulls is learning, bringing Thaddeus Young off the bench. So, folks, are we saying anything wrong here? Have we ever said anything that's not true on this show? Man, oh, man. 
Uh, we just told y'all uh, who uh, Melvin Gordon saying that he was overlooked on that kind of, you know, uh, Broncos team last year. We're overlooked. We banned Colin Kevin Oubre Jr. Not the greatest. Now he's off the bench. We love Thaddeus Young off the bench and not in the starting rotation. We've seen both, and now they finally make the switch to Thaddeus Young back off the bench. Folks, what are we talking about? We see the Pelicans winning with Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers comes, or not Austin Rivers, Lonzo Ball. We see the Pelicans winning without Lonzo Ball, and then he comes back, and they lose the last next two games. I mean, folks, are we lying? Are we ever wrong here? Come on. <laughs> Come on. Um, so let's talk about this Warriors team now. Steph Curry, absolutely fantastic out here. 49 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds on 10 of 17 from 3. I mean, folks, folks, fantastic work. Steph Curry, very, very close to MVP, truly, truly. Um, Kent Bazemore at the 2 to kind of fill in for Kelly Oubre Jr.'s place. Now, Kent Bazemore didn't do anything. 2 points on 0 of 5 shooting. Trash. Um, Kevon Looney, 5 points, 15 rebounds. Alrighty, Kevon Looney. Love that. Especially going against, you know, the beef down low of um, Joel Embiid. Fantastic to grab those 15 boards. Draymond Green, 8 points, 6 assists, 6 rebounds. Classic. Draymond Green, he was a plus 15 in this win, getting it done defensively. Andrew Wiggins, 16 points, 2 assists, 10 rebounds. Second leading scorer. Absolutely love Andrew Wiggins this season getting it done here and I truly think if we're talking about Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, man oh man wait till next season and, if they, and, and then if they can get kind of a good big here, a good five, ooh this team's back to competing for championships man truly. Um, already off the bench, Kelly Uber Jr., as we were saying, 21 minutes off the bench, 9 points, no assists, 2 rebounds on 33% shooting. So kind of get into that kind of Lou Williams role off the bench. That's where I want to see Kelly Uber Jr. kind of really uh, thrive here. Um, and then Damian Lee, silent. I mean, man, oh, man, if he was playing this good all season long, we would probably put him in six-man-of-the-year category if he was kind of, you know, winning more games a little bit. That's kind of, you know, still hurting Steph Curry's uh, case a little bit. They're not winning a lot of games. Uh, so Damian Lee out here, 12 points, 6 rebounds in 31 minutes. He did play a lot of minutes, but plus 16 in the win. I'm all about it. So Warriors doing just enough. Steph Curry doing just enough to get the win, and I absolutely respect the hell out of it. Now let's go to the uh, the 76ers now. What happened with them? They didn't have Tobias Harris, not the greatest. And they also, um, who also didn't they have? Um, they also didn't have Ben Simmons. So a little light-handed here by the 76ers, but really no excuse. I mean, this Warriors team is nothing great all around. I mean, when we're talking about superstars, we still got Joel Embiid and, you know, Seth Curry and Danny Green and, you know, George Hill finally played last night. Fantastic there. So let's talk about the 76ers team quickly. Seth Curry at the starting point guard position, 15 points, 5 assists, 3 of 7 from 3. Not a bad night overall. Firkin, Korkmaz stepping up in the starting lineup as well at the 2. 10 points, 2 assists on 36% shooting. He had a, he was a plus 6 on the floor, so fantastic defense there. Joel Embiid, 28 points, 8 assists, 13 rebounds. Unfortunately, loses the game. I mean, he didn't shoot the best. 38% on 21 shots. Locked down, we would say. Uh, Mike Scott getting into the starting rotation for only 14 minutes at the 4. No points on one shot. And then Danny Green, I mean, 12 points, 2 assists, 7 rebounds, 4 of 7 from 3. So that was good. Defense a little lackluster. He was a minus 3 on the floor. So not bad overall defense in a 10-point win just to be minus, minus 3. But, I mean, uh, got to be a little bit better here. Points have to come from somewhere, man. Danny Green really should have stepped it up. Went beast mode. Got the 20-plus with Joel Embiid with the 20-plus. It's just it's a little frustrating here. Losing Tobias Harris, their points production goes down a lot. They didn't even score 100 points. They scored 96. I mean, that's what Tobias Harris brings to the 76 or team consistent scoring because we really don't get it from Danny Green we don't really get it from Seth Curry 
and we didn't get it from anybody last night. Nobody in 20-plus categories besides Joel Embiid. All right, let's talk about the bench now. Shake Milton, we couldn't get that great production from him. Five points on seven shots, 14% shooting, not the greatest there. Matisse Dibuel had a good game, 13.7 rebounds off the bench. Dwight Howard, look at this, man. Dwight mother-loving Howard, absolutely love it. 14 minutes, no points, 10 rebounds. Yes, sir, that's what we're saying. We tell y'all all the time. Doesn't matter how many minutes Dwight Howard will play. He will get you at least seven, and he got 10 rebounds this game and only 14 minutes off the bench. Wonderful work out there. George Hill played. I don't. I think this is his first game back. It, may, it maybe have been his like second game back, and we missed it. But George Hill out here, two points, two assists, two rebounds off the bench on 17 minutes. So watch him get a little bit of a bigger role out here once he kind of gets into the rhythm of game rhythm because he's been he hasn't played basically the entire season. I don't think so. Uh, decent job there by him. You know, getting back into it. And let's also shout out uh, Tyrese Maxey, 10 points, two rebounds. All right, so the Warriors get the win. Steph Curry still making his MVP case, but we got to see you know more wins from this man. Alrighty, Spurs, Pacers, nothing great here. Pacers, unfortunately, no more, uh, no more Miles Turner. Um, and then for the Spurs, I mean, anything good here? All the starters got it done. That was good. Classic. Uh, Derek White, 25 points, 4 assists, 3 rebounds. DeJounte Murray, 11 points, 7 assists, 7 rebounds. Jacob Podol, 16.7 rebounds. Calden Johnson, 14 points, 6 rebounds. And DeMar DeRozan, 18 points, 6 assists, 8 rebounds. So everything was great here from the starting lineup. Let's also shout out Drew Eubanks off the bench, 9 points, 13 rebounds. Love seeing that. So Spurs were able to just do enough, and this Pacers team just couldn't get it done. That was it. No. So, um, damn, they didn't have a lot of people here. Obviously, no Miles Turner, no Sabonis, and nobody else really steps up. Karis LeVert having to be the kind of the main score here. Only 18 points on 42% shooting. Needs to be better. One of five from three. So, Karis LeVert can't carry this team. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon also had 18 points. They kind of led the team in scoring together with 18. 18 points, five assists, six rebounds. So, just nothing great here for this Pacers team. We know this. If they're not having Sabonis, they have no chance to win now. And that's exactly what happened last night. So, Pacers lose. Not surprising. By 15, 109-94. All right, let's go to the Heat and the Rockets now. Heat get back on track with a win. 113-91 over the Rockets. Unfortunate. John Wall does play, but they don't win. Doesn't kind of, you know, elevate the play around him. So a little um, glad that we're still staying, staying away from betting the Rockets. It's a good thing that we're not doing that. Because uh, it would have bit us in the butt multiple times if we'd taken that. Um, so we're definitely off the Rockets now. Um, John Wall's back in the lineup, and they're still, I mean, they still get blown out by, what are we talking about, like 20-plus uh, points. So, absolutely 22 points, yikes. Uh, so, here we go. Let's talk about the Heat. No Jimmy Butler for them, and no Tyler Hero. No Bam Adebayo, and they were still able to win. Bam Adebayo said, hey, I hit the game winner. I'm taking a night off. Y'all y'all, y'all cool with that? And everyone was like, yes, 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 and put their head down. So, uh, fantastic night by the Heat. Able to get it done. Kendrick Nunn steps up big, big, big time. 30 points. Led the team in scoring. Eight assists. Seven rebounds. Rebounds on 6 of 12 from 3, 60% overall from the field. Wonderful night by Kendrick Nunn. Finally, somebody else stepping up on the C team. It wasn't Duncan Robinson. It was never um, a Tyler Hero, but Kendrick Nunn does it here when literally nobody's playing. So definitely big shout-out here by Kendrick Nunn. We can also shout-out uh, Duncan Robinson. He, I know he, I just said he never really stepped up, but he had a good game this game. Um, 19 points, 4 assists, 5 rebounds on 5 of 11 from 3. Fantastic. We'll take that all day. Precious Ochuya, 8 points, 11 rebounds at the starting five in lieu of Bam Adebayo. 
Andre Iguodala still in the starting lineup, getting it done, playing 28 minutes as well. Love seeing that. 16 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds, 2 steals, 2 blocks. Yes, sir, the man got it done. And then Trevor Reza at the 3, not the greatest game, 6 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds. Uh, just kind of mad out there, kind of the most lackluster of the starters. And then even off the bench, Goran Dragic still played 19 points, 5 assists, 6 rebounds. Can always count on this man, 3 of 4 from 3, 70% overall from the field. And then... Uh, Dwayne Dedman, another good game by this man. Uh, 12.6 rebounds in 19 minutes off the bench. So, a wonderful night by the Heat. Everybody kind of getting involved here. Starters, bench, very well done. Next man up mentality for this Heat team. And they are able to beat the Rockets. All right, what went wrong with Rockets? Just nobody scored. That was really it. I mean, John Wall, 14 points on 28% shooting, 6 assists, 4 rebounds. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr., when John Wall is in the starting lineup, doesn't have those big old, you know, 25 point games. He he led the team in scoring with Christian Wood out here. 18 points, 3 assists, 2 rebounds. Christian Wood, 18 points, 7 rebounds. Kelly Olenek, lackluster. And we've kind of seen that on the Heat. I mean, he was never great in the starting lineup. But, you know, when he got to this Rockets team, he was a little consistent here, but a little bit of a drop-off here. 10 points, 8 rebounds, 0 of 2 from 3. Couldn't get it done. And then Ja'Shawn Tate to round out the starters, 10 points, 5 rebounds, and then nobody else got double-digit points off the bench. So that definitely hurt them. They lose the game. Not surprising. He get the win, 113-91. Alrighty, let's keep moving on here in the NBA. Wizards, uh, Thunder, Wizards. What do we got? Uh, Wizards get the win. Big old bingo. 119-107 um, over the Thunder. Let's talk about this Wizards team first. Russell Westbrook, let's start with him. 13 points, 17 assists, 11 rebounds, 27% shooting, and he also had 8 turnovers. So, not a great game here, but he was facing a little bit of a lackluster Thunder team with still no Shea Gills, Alexander, or Dort, or anything like that. So, they were able to take advantage of the win. Uh, Bradley Beal did play and he moved over to the three. So a little interesting here. They did shake up the lineup. Russell Westbrook at the one, Raul Neto at the two, Bradley Beal at the three, Denny Avidije at the four, and Alex Land at the five. And it still it proved to work. I mean, Bradley Beal put up 30 points on 57% uh, shooting um, in the starting uh, three. So we'll see if they continue to do that. Um, and then, you know, once again, nothing great by anything from the starting lineup besides Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. We get Raul Neto at the two, six points, four assists, four rebounds. Alex Land, nine points, four rebounds. Denny Avidije, six points, six rebounds on 27% shooting on 11 shots. But, but they got some nice uh, help off this bench. And once again, Davis Burton's off the bench. Uh, second leading scorer besides Bradley Beal. 21 points on 50% shooting, six of 12 from three. Fantastic. Two assists three rebounds to go along with that can always count on Davis Burton's truly Daniel Gafford 13 points five rebounds off the bench and then look at this Robin Lopez yes sir I would love to see this man get way more production than he's been having 17 points two rebounds off the bench in only 16 minutes so well done by the bench here of the Wizards that's what this Wizards team needs they need the bench to get it done because Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal all command command the ball in the starting lineup nobody else can get any real quality kind of consistent looks but they need to rely on that bench, and Davis Burton's is getting it done. The nice 21 points there. Alrighty, and then the Thunder. Anybody do good out here? Puko Zetsky, back to being bad, man. Eight points on 27% shooting. No Dort, no Shea Gillis-Alexander. The leading scorer of the squad was Darius Baisley. Fantastic. 26 points, but not great shooting. One of six from three, 36% overall on 19 shots. So nothing great here by this Thunder team, and uh, that's what we know. So well done by the Wizards. 
Davis Burton's able to get it done off the bench. Alrighty, Grizzlies and Nuggets now. Jokic gets it done in the clutch, but man, oh man, can we talk about the Grizzlies not being clutch? Another game here, and they had chances. Grayson Allen, tie game, last shot in regulation, misses a three-pointer. They go into overtime. John Morant, tie game, takes another kind of mid-range mid-range floater that does not fall, like the same one he took against the Knicks that just could not fall. So it goes into double overtime, and then Jokic hits the big shot. So this Grizzlies team is one of the most unclutchest team. I of the season so far unfortunately and they lose the games close because nobody can be clutch they can't hit that last they can come from behind and you know they can hit the three if you just hit a three they can hit the two if you just hit the two but if it's a tie game nobody's ready to hit that clutch shot we saw Grayson Allen miss one we saw John Morant miss one and they end up going in a double overtime and can't survive it so let's start here with the Nuggets Facundo Capazzo steps up in the starting point guard position um, because uh, what's-his-face did not play. Monte Morris did not play this game. So once again, why they need Austin Rivers desperately on this team. So Facundo Capazzo steps up at the starting point guard position but has a very, very not great night. Three points, two steals, two assists, three rebounds on 12% shooting. Not getting it done, but they didn't need it because Will Barton steps it up. 28 points, seven assists, six rebounds. Jokic went... 47 points, 8 assists, 15 rebounds. Aaron Gordon, once again, struggling to score here on this team. 2 points on 7 shots. I mean, he wants, first of all, he's not playing that many minutes, 21 minutes. Uh, second of all, he's not taking that many shots. And third of all, he's not scoring that many points. So he's going to have to kind of, you know, figure out where he fits in. I would wonder if this team would work if Aaron Gordon drops down to the starting point guard position. I would wonder how that would turn out. I don't think that well, but it's it's something to think about, I would think. Um, and then Michael Porter Jr. gets it done, 21 points, 7 rebounds, 5 of 8 from 3. So he got it done. And then off the bench, very well done. We get Jermichael Green, 12 points, 5 rebounds. P.J. Dozier, 10 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds. And then Paul Millsap can always count on him, uh, 12 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists as well. In only 12 minutes. So very well done overall by this Nuggets team. Getting it done in the clutch. Jokic hitting absolutely clutch shots. We just saw it at the top of the show. So fantastic here by the Nuggets, able to win. And man, oh man, the Grizzlies just coming up just a little short here. But hey, they were competitive, so a little bit of a silver lining if you want to give them one. John Morant, 36 points, 12 assists, 2 of 5 from 3, 8 of 11 from the field, 54% overall. Just unfortunately missed that game-winning shot in overtime, unfortunately. Grayson Allen, 24 points, 3 steals, 1 assist, 3 rebounds. He shot 40% from the field, 3 of 10 from 3. Unfortunately, he missed a game-winning 3 in regulation. Um, Xavier Tillman fills in for Jonas Valanciunas, who did not play, so they didn't have their big. But Xavier Tillman fills in pretty good. 18 points, 14 rebounds. That's exactly what Jonas uh, Valanciunas does on a consistent basis. So really no drop-off there. Kyle Anderson, 11 points, 6 assists, 6 rebounds. And Desmond Bain, 3 points on 4 shots. So he didn't take a shot, and he only played 15 minutes. Off the bench, we get DeAnthony Melton putting up 25 points, 4 steals, 6 assists, 8 rebounds. He did play 40 minutes, but still a great line. And then John Kotcher, or Conchar, 10 points in only 16 minutes. So just comes up a little short here. Somebody's got to be the clutch ability here on this Grizzlies team or they're not going to go far in the playoffs, man. They need that clutch gene. Alrighty, and then the last game of the night, the Lakers and the Jazz and the Lakers um, did have Andre Drummond. I mean, they were rocking their kind of classic lineup of Schroeder at the one, KCP at the two, Kuzma at the three, Markeith Morris at the four, and Drummond at the five. Still not enough to beat this Jazz team. 
Um, so let's start here with the Jazz since they got it done. Mike Connolly still at the one because no Jamal Murray, unfortunately, he's still uh, out. So Mike Connolly, 14 points, 10 assists. Decent night by that man on 45% shooting. Joe Ingles, 21 points, 5 assists, 4 rebounds. Very well done. Shot fantastic. 5 of 8 from 3 and 72% overall. Rudy Gobert, 14 points, 10 rebounds. Classic night by him. Royce O'Neal, 13 points, 5 assists, 9 rebounds. And Bohan Bogdanovich, 19 points on 58% shooting. So starters were all get, able to get it done. And then we got Jordan Clarkson, Jordan Clarkson off the bench, 22 big old points here. Fantastic night, 64% shooting. Uh, unfortunately, he couldn't get the win when he was all by his lonesome. But when he's just playing the kind of you know six-man rotation here, that's where he thrives the most. Led the team in scoring. Fantastic work able to really help this team win and then for the Lakers anybody do anything good here we get Taylor Norton Tucker leading score off the bench 24 points four rebounds two assists fantastic there Let's talk about these starters real quick. Dennis Schroeder, 15 points, 4 steals, 6 assists, 4 rebounds. Pretty decent game. KCP, 15 points. That's it on 62% shooting. Andre Drummond is still not doing good. He's not doing anything like he did with that uh, that Cavs team before they decided not to play him anymore. 8 points, 8 rebounds on 25% shooting on 12 shots. Come on, Andre. That man was averaging like 20 points and like 15 rebounds. It was kind of crazy. Uh, Markeith Morris, a little bit of a light game, four points on only four shots, two rebounds. And then Kyle Kuzma, 17 points, three assists, and he had a pretty good game, uh, you know, 61% and one of three from three, but just not enough to get it done. And uh, besides Taylor Horton Tucker, Matras Harold had a really bad game, two points, two rebounds on four shots in 12 minutes, so not the greatest there. And the Lakers do get the loss. So a little unfortunate there for this Lakers team, losing another game, but... Uh, the Jazz were able to get it done. Alrighty. Alrighty. Um, this is what we're going to do. We're going to add up the point totals from last night in our MVP and six man of the year race. Then we're going to do our moneymaker. And I don't think we are going to get to Shakur Brown, man. Unfortunate. Um, our... NFL draft prospects of the day are coming to a close. I think on this Thursday, once we are one full week away from the draft, we are going to start kind of ranking our players, ranking these draft prospects, doing our own mock drafts, shoring up kind of the goods, the goods, the meat and potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> of the draft for this year. So uh, we are coming to a little bit of a close here in the NFL draft prospect of the day. We haven't been able to kind of figure them out or kind of fit them in consistently here. A little unfortunate in this kind of back half of our draft countdown. But we'll try to make some room in the show. Maybe at the kind of stories portion. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But the week for the draft, the kind of week this Thursday to next Thursday, we are going to kind of hammer in deep in the drafts. Hopefully. Hopefully. That's the plan anyway. You never know where you're, <laughs> you you you're going to get here on Takes by Fans. Um, but let's go and count up the points from last night to see who are the new sixth man of the year and MVP race uh, front runners if there is uh, if there is one. So let's start here. The Bucks and Giannis did play last night. They unfortunately lose. Did we talk? We didn't talk about that game. I was going to say, we didn't talk about this game. Damn. Um, Suns Bucks. Great game. Goes into uh, overtime. A little bit of a bad call. Gives the Suns the win. Um, so we'll talk about this one quickly. Giannis had a good game, 33 points. Chris Middleton, 26 points. Drew Holiday, 25 points. Dante DiVincenzo did play this game, 9 points on 40% shooting. 
And then for the Suns, Chris Paul, 22 points, 13, uh, 13 assists, can absolutely count on this man all day. Devin Booker, 24 points, led the team in scoring, hit that clutch shot in regulation, hit the uh, free throws in overtime to win. Seven assists, seven rebounds will go along with that. DeAndre, eight and 20 points, 13 rebounds. Um, they didn't have, or no, they did have Jay Crowder. He did come off the bench, though. So Dario Sarek gets into the starting lineup, two points, five rebounds on 14% shooting. So I don't think he'll be there again. Um, I think uh, Jay Crowder will go back to the four. And then McCall Bridges at the three, 21 points, two assists, and one rebound. Alrighty, off the bench, anything good out here? We get uh, Cameron Payne, 12 points. We get Jay Crowder with the 9 points, 2 assists, 3 rebounds. He shot uh, 3 of 9 from 3, so a little off. Uh, Javon, or uh, Cameron Johnson, the 13 points off the bench. So still good night production off the bench, and they were able to get the win. So very well done to the Suns. Let's talk about uh, Giannis here. So they get the loss. We got to start him off at minus 2 points. He put up 33 points, led the team in scoring, led the team in rebounds, but he was also a minus three on the floor, took 22 shots, hit 54%, 0 of 1 from 3, so love seeing that. So we'll kind of just move his uh, move his points to uh, minus, minus two for the loss. We'll keep him at minus two there. All right, so Giannis goes from minus six points to minus eight points. He is kind of falling off here. All righty, Nets and James Harden did not play last night, so we don't have to worry about him. We get Joel Embiid in the 76ers. They did play last night, and they lost. Not great. So we got to start Joel Embiid off with minus two points here. All righty. He went for 28 points, led the team in scoring, led the team in rebounds. Unfortunately, he was still and led the team in assists, led the team uh, all around. So fantastic there. But unfortunately, was a minus six where we see Mike Scott at plus 11, but, oh, although he did play only 14 minutes. But then we also see Ferkman Korkmaz plus six and only 25 minutes. So we'll keep Joel Embiid at once again, minus two points. Didn't really, you know, he did good, but not enough. He could have done more to kind of help the team out a little bit. As we said, I mean, he shot very poorly. What did we say? 28%. 38% on 21 shots, not great. So Joel Embiid will still be minus two points here. So he goes from 15 to 13, 13 points here. All right, Damian Lillard and the Blazers did not play last night. Thank goodness, because they probably would have lost and it would have killed me. All right, then we go to Jokic. Oh, my goodness. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think we may give out our first five, our first five-pointer here uh, since we've been keeping track of all these points. So let's go to Jokic here. Gets the big old win in overtime. Led the team in scoring by a mile with 47 points. Led the team in re assists. Led the team in rebounds. A plus three and a nice kind of two-point win. Hit the clutch shot in double overtime. So you are clutch down the stretch. Fantastic. We're giving Jokic five big old points for his performance he goes up to 15 points it is now the new front runner here in the mvp race but that's uh let's uh finish off here with steph curry gotta talk about him as well he ends up beating the 76ers we gotta give him the plus two points there for the win let's gauge his performance to see if he gets any more points all right steph curry 49 points led the team in scoring five assists uh, three rebounds, 10 of 17 from three, a plus 11 on the floor. So we're going to give him four points here for his performance last night. Just the threes and the 49 points, able to will his team to the win against a really – do we give him a five-pointer here? I mean, we're talking about the number – are they still the number one seed in the East? They are still the number one seed in the East. Uh, man, oh, man, a great win, a great win here, a great win. Do we give him five? I'm going to give him four. We'll give him four. He didn't hit like a game winner, a buzzer beater. Um, that's kind of where that extra fifth point comes from. But still a great win here. We'll give him four. So he goes up to 13 points. 
So we still get Jokic in the lead with 15 points in our MVP race. And then let's go to the sixth man. Montrezl Harrell and the Lakers did play last night. Unfortunately, they lose. So we got to start with Montrezl Harrell minus two points. And he had a really poor night last night. Uh, two points on only four shots. Minus three on the floor. Two rebounds, one assist. So we'll move him up to kind of minus three, honestly. Minus two for the loss, and then just nothing really great from this man. Really letting us down. So we got to drop him three points down to three. Jordan Clarkson did play last night, and they get the win. So fantastic there. Led the team scoring as well. So we start him at two. Give him an extra point for the plus two points. He was a plus two um, in a big old win here. So I think we'll just leave it at three points here for Jordan Clarkson. A three-point performance for that man. So now he goes to minus four points. He was at minus seven. Tim Hardaway Jr. and the Mavericks did not play last night, so we don't have to worry about him. And then Thaddeus Young and the Bulls did play last night, and he came off the bench, so even better. Uh, so let's go to this Celtics-Bulls game. So Bulls get the win. We start Thaddeus Young off with two points there. He had 13 points off the bench, two steals, three assists, two rebounds on 50% shooting, and a plus three off the bench. So we'll give him, uh, we'll give him what was he, third leading scorer here? Tied for third? That's pretty decent. That's pretty decent. 16 minutes. We leave him at two points. Let's leave him at two points for his production last night. Pretty good overall. So he goes up to four. And now, oh, oh, Thaddeus Young is now our new sixth man of the year candidate here. And we may, we may actually have to kind of put kind of the restrictions as well. Uh, it's going to be tough for them to get to that sixth seed, like kind of what we want Curry to be. So it is going to be hard for Thaddeus Young to win MVP or sixth man of the year, even if he does have the points, because, I mean, we do need to start seeing wins. The Lakers have more wins. The Jazz obviously have more wins. The Mavericks still have more wins. So it is still, still going to be a little bit of a, you know, a, a kind of a winning battle here for Thaddeus Young. But so far, just points wise, we got him as sixth man of the year. Alrighty, let's go over to our end, our um, our um, money maker. Let's go to our money maker. What do we got on tap today? Alrighty, couple games on tonight. Magic Hawks, Hornets, Knicks. We get Nets and Pelicans on at 7:30 TNT. Should be a great one. We get Clippers, Blazers at 10 o'clock on TNT. Oh my goodness, Blazers! We need this game, man. Y'all need this game. Damian Lillard. Hopefully he's playing, man. And then we get Timberwolves, Kings, the last game of the night. So let's see if we can get a nice little money maker here. See what we can do on this 4:20 special uh, day. Whatever our moneymaker is, we are betting $420 on it, folks, for our 420 special. So, here we go. Updated the lines. We went two and three, two of three last night. Cavs sticking it to us. So, let's see where the good value is today. The first game, Hornets-Knicks. Hornets plus five and a half. Knicks minus five and a half. Alrighty, interesting here. Let's see if everybody's good to go. Gordon Hayward is still out. Devontae Graham's a game time decision. Definitely going to need him. And LaMelo Ball's back, but not back just quite yet. He's still out. And then for the Knicks, uh, just Alec Burks and Mitchell Robinson are out. So, you know, the usual suspects there for the Knicks. This is going to be a good game. We know the Hornets love to keep games close. We know the Knicks keep games close regardless. So, should be a great one. Going to stay away from it. I think the spread is really kind of close here. Um, and I don't think there's any great value here. So, I think we'll stay away from this one. And uh, Knicks minus 5.5 I think is better. Better bet if we had to take it, but uh, we know the Hornets love to keep games some uh, close here. And maybe, you know, they play even better because they just got some news that Lonzo Ball is back, you know, almost almost fully healthy to be kind of out there on game day. 
So we'll stay away from that game. Let's see what else we get here. Nets, Pelicans, the nationally televised game out here. Nets plus three, Pelicans minus three. A little interesting here. Kevin Durant is out. James Harden is out. So we're just kind of rocking with uh, Kyrie Irving. But look at this. This is kind of big here. Nicholas Claxton is out with the COVID-19 protocols. He's getting great production off the bench here. Absolutely fantastic. fantastic. And Chris Chiazza is also out. So probably expect a Blake Griffin still in the starting lineup, which I don't really love that much. And then for the Pelicans, Josh Hart is still out. Nikhil Alexander-Walker is still out. So interesting here. Can Kyrie Irving finally win a game by himself? Probably not here. Uh, so Pelicans can't trust Lonzo. So we'll probably stay away from this one. Uh, Going to be a better one to watch. And let's see what Kyrie Irving can do by himself on that floor. Alrighty, then we get the Magic and the Hawks. Magic plus 12, Hawks minus 12. Damn it. Probably going to have to stay away from this one just because the spread's a little bit too big than we like. But uh, for the Magic, Terrence Ross is out. James Ennis is out. Otto Porter's out. Michael Carter-Williams is out. And uh, that's it. Marco Fultz is out for the season. We knew. All right, for the Hawks, Daniil Gallinari's out. Tony Snell is out. Chris Dunn is out. And Cam Reddish is out. So the bench is a little lackluster. Daniil Gallinari being out is huge. So Lou Williams is going to have to pick up the slack a little bit. So we got to have to stay away from uh, this Hawks game. Spreads a little too wild here. Love the Hawks. Don't trust the minus 12 here. Alrighty, two games left. Let's see if we can get something here. Clippers, Blazers, Clippers minus seven, Blazers plus seven. Let's see who's all in to go. I want to take the Blazers plus seven. I truly do, but I know this Clippers team rises to the occasion. Patrick Beverly's out. Serge Ibaka's out. That's it. I mean, we got Kawhi Leonard. We got Paul George tonight. Going to be a great one for the Blazers. Damian Lillard's out still. Yusuf Nurchich is out. That's a coach's decision. We've been telling y'all that. Nurchich is not good, man. He needs to come off the bench. We need to see Ennis Cantor in that starting lineup every single freaking game. Nurchich does not get it done. Um, all right. Let's see if we get any more news on... Uh, I can't believe Damian Lillard is still out. I would have sworn that man would have kind of made it to go here. <sighs> Alrighty, so we got to take the Clippers minus seven here, man. I'm not ready to trust this Blazers team. They're not winning consistently. They're barely squeaking out wins when they do. No Damian Lillard. I can't trust the team. No Nurchich. Yeah, it's good because he's actually not that great. He's decent defensively, but he can't get it done offensively, and he doesn't really translate to wins when he's out on the floor. So Clippers minus seven. I'm going to give it up for them. They usually always rise to the occasion when they face these good teams and really blow them out. So Clippers, man, we'll swallow the seven points here. No Damian Lillard for the Blazers. I have no confidence in that team. Um, and if Derek, if Derek Jones Jr. could do something, if he can get like 15 consecutive points, like consistent points out there, they may be able to win, but I can't trust him either. He doesn't give us anything either. So I got CJ McCollum and uh, Norman uh, Powell. Good. I'll get 42 points out of them collectively. Nobody else is scoring, unfortunately. So Clippers minus seven. We'll rock with. And then the last game of the night, the Timberwolves and Kings. Oh, value, value. I love it. Timberwolves plus three and a half. Kings minus three and a half. Out for the Timberwolves. Malik Beasley's out. Jalen Noel is a game time decision. And then Raquan Holmes and Marvin Bagley are still out for the Kings. So I'm taking the T-Wolves plus three and a half. Are you kidding me? Yes, sir. I get a better defensive team in the Timberwolves. Um, we know this Kings team likes to get, you know, some nice offensive production. Hassan Whiteside still in the starting lineup. So, you know, that's still good for the Kings. But 
This Timberwolves team, I love it. Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns playing. We'll see. Is this the game? I know we've been saying it for like the last five games, but is this the game that D'Angelo Russell gets back into the starting lineup, or is he still going to get it done off the bench? Regardless, he gets great production, whether starters or bench, so it doesn't really matter. It's just we want to see... We want to see him in the starting lineup with Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards and see what they can do. Uh, but yeah, Timberwolves plus three and a half. I love this Timberwolves team now that everybody's healthy. I can consistently count on Carl Anthony Towns to get it done. I can count on, you know, Anthony Edwards too as well. So I love this Timberwolves team, man. I'm not going to lie. So we'll take the three here over the Kings. Kings, nothing great. We'll take the Timberwolves. So we've got a nice little moneymaker here. Two teamer put 420 bucks on it and we're walking away with $1,500. Fantastic. So our little 420 special here, Clippers minus seven, Timberwolves plus three, 420 bucks on it, folks. Alrighty, that's going to do it for us. Unfortunately, not getting to Shakar Brown, truly unfortunate. We spent an hour on stories today. I'm sorry, folks. Just a lot to talk about. Um, all right, let's see if anything is uh, breaking. Dave Gettleman explains not just uh, not adjusting Kyle Rudolph's contract after uncovering foot injury. Alrighty, maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow. I'll read the article, see what's up on that. Alrighty, that's uh, that is gonna do it for us today. It looks like nothing breaking here. And uh, yeah, alrighty. We're back tomorrow, folks, live, noon Eastern, potentially looking at our last NFL draft prospect of the day. Potentially. We'll see how the last week's going to go. But, um, alrighty. Alrighty, folks, we're out of here. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. I better see you tomorrow. You understand me? I better see you tomorrow. 421. Don't get too hungover on the 420. Alrighty.